Hello everyone, welcome to the Tech Point Africa podcast. Today we'll be discussing the different plans that CBN has for different industries that affect the economy. We'll start with CBN's intention for crypto websites in Nigeria. Then we'll move from there to the new CBN guidelines for bureau the change operators in Nigeria. And then we end with updates from the monetary policy committee meeting that happened on Tuesday and the CBN governor's comments on how we want to revive our economy. Thank you for joining us. I am Uluwani Femi Kolawole and in the studio with me today is... I'm Bolu. And as usual, we have a guest with us, virtually with us in the studio today, who will be joining us in all these conversations and especially um, the new guidelines that CBN has for BDC operators. With us today is Malik Bolakale. is the CEO and co-founder of a fintech startup, Start Button. Malik, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Nifemi. Yes, thank you. And I think we should just move quickly into the story because there are a lot, a lot of things to talk about. And um, whether we talk about it here in the studio or we talk about it in the marketplaces or in the shops, in the store, they are talking about Nigeria economy everywhere. So today, let's start with CBN's plans for crypto websites in Nigeria. Bolu, what's the update? What's up? I'm sure everyone already knows that CBN had plans to um, block. Okay, let's not say CBN, but um, there were um, people from telcos that told us that they got instructions to block some crypto websites. I love how you started. Right. <laughs> that is the way we made things in Nigeria. Yes. So um, they got those instructions to block crypto websites and some of the reasons given were because um, these websites have a role to play in um, the devaluation of the naira that we've seen for some months now. And blocking these websites might help um, reduce that devaluation of the naira. So as of now, um, websites like Binance, right? If you go on Binance, whether you're using MTN or Airtel, I'm not sure about Glow, but for those two uh, mobile networks, if you visit those websites, they will not be available. So same with Coinbase and just recently, even local um, crypto exchanges like Quidax. Quidax is not working. Um, Luno as well, no longer working. So that is what is going on with crypto websites now. Okay, so... If I know people that are affected, truly, truly affected, knows what it means to be blocked from using a an app mm. from a country. Okay, just to be clear, the apps are still working. It's yes. just the websites that are not available. The, okay, the, wi- the, the websites are not available. Yes, but the so apps So it was work. just like what happened when Nigerians couldn't use Twitter. Like the telcos that are your network providers and any other platform or fiber that you use to browse, you can't access some particular urls or websites through those so that is what is going on with this crypto website so the cbn governor made a comment on tuesday yeah yes and <laughs> okay. when he made the governor sorry when he made the comment i was like okay okay is this our problem so one you're going to tell us the comment he made mm. 
when because a journalist that was at that meeting um, asked the question that what is the CBN's plan for the uh, for this crypto website and mm. the governor made a comment about how much money volume of money is being moved through these platforms mm. particularly Binance and why they have to do what they have to do so tell us the comment what the comment is and whether okay. All right, so very interesting comment. Uh, the CBN governor, uh, Yemi Cardozo. I'll not say his nickname, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the comment, he said that $26 billion, right, uh, was moved through Binance in 2023, right? So that's a significant amount of money. Mm-hmm. Although Binance has not confirmed, uh, there's really no... I don't know which other way to confirm, but people who have worked at... Crypto exchanges, uh, for example, someone used to work at FTX said that um, the volumes, right, that Nigerians do on crypto platforms are not as much as we think they are, right? Um, I mean, compared to a country like South Africa, they are not that much, right? So the problem now is we don't know exactly how much those countries are doing and uh, compared to what the CBN governor has said. But if we are to go by what the CBN governor has said, that is a very huge amount of money, right? So uh, it's just P P two P. Yes. So it's P two P. Yeah, yeah. It's probably going to be P two P. Going to be um, regular trades that people do on the platform, mm-hmm. right? So, but then if you um, look at it through the lens of the information we already have, so we already know that Nigerians do. Uh, we already know that about almost $68 billion came into Nigeria through crypto, right? Uh, between June 2022 and June 2023. So within that year, mm-hmm. almost $68 billion, right? So we might say because Binance is one of the largest crypto platforms in the country. So if $26 billion was done, so it's possible that $26 billion was done on that one platform, mm-hmm. right? So... Um, in saying that, I think because uh, another thing he said was that this amount of money is being moved, but we don't know who is moving it. We don't. So basically, saying they don't have control over that money. So, for example, with IMTOs, um, you know, they are able to easily regulate IMTOs. They know how much they are bringing yes, in. Yes, they, money transfer. Yes, international monetary uh, money transfer operators. So they can. There's a revenue they can earn on those remittances that are coming in. But with crypto, it's difficult, right? That's the plan. That's <laughs> the whole idea. Yes, that's the whole idea, right? And then we now, after that, we now also heard people saying, oh, they want to know the users on this platform, Nigerian, Nigerian users on these platforms, what like exactly they do. <laughs> Which now makes things um, very interesting and at the same time now makes it um, scary again. So mm-hmm. on one hand, it makes sense that so much money is probably leaving Nigeria or entering Nigeria and our CBN, for. yes, and is unaccounted for. Like it's it really shouldn't be that way. But on then on the other hand, right, based on what has happened with these exchanges already, which is um, trying to block them, right? Mm-hmm. That does not really solve the problem, right? Because if if so, because 
But the thing with crypto is, even if you block these central exchanges, right, you are now going to make it very difficult because Binance asks KYC, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you want them to, so it's easy for you to like regulate them because they are a central exchange, right? Mm-hmm. Now we now have other platforms that are called decentralized exchanges. People will move to these places, right? And VPN. then probably like when you still leave VPN, there are things that the government cannot touch, okay? Right. And these decentralized exchanges are one of them. If they even block those websites, you cannot you can use VPN for them, right? But then you can't hold anyone on on uh, the people that have created these platforms. Like you can say, oh, this is the CEO. Yeah, responsible for it. So people will move to these places. People will do peer to peer by themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. there are Telegram uh, platforms where yes, people are, yes. and I know people that are doing two, three million, ten million dollars, you mm-hmm. know, in transactions daily. Right. So I think um, the CBN might not be, you know, going about f- uh, looking for a way to regulate those platforms. They are, I don't think they are going about it. The so, so, so something I'm curious about, right? Mm. Um, the reason why Cardoso made that comment was how he's, he's suggesting that moving that, that kind of money behind CBN is one of the problems affecting the affecting the naira or the economy she was doing mm. the look on your face is looking like you want to call somebody's bluff but i'm just saying like is it possible like that that will be one of the problems that nigeria nigeria's economy is facing sorry malik do you want to answer that question <laughs> they can they can yeah, they so can't i wanted to yeah. i wanted to just chime in briefly right i don't think that's the challenge or that's not the mm-hmm. big elephant in the room right i mean i agree to a large extent with, I mean, with Bolu, right? I feel like CBN's primary challenge is monitoring supervision and the lack of visibility on that front, which is they don't know how much is being moved and by whom, right? And I mean, they feel that that will be, um, to a large extent, causing some kind of speculation um, within the ecosystem. And that's like what is driving the price of the Naira. Mm. But the truth is, is right, um, above all of that that's happening on either P2P crypto platforms. There's also the BDCs that are the ones determining the rates. And when I say BDCs, I don't mean the BDCs that even have the license <laughs> because that's another thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean the BDCs... The one that will block street. you on your way in Allen. Exactly. I, exactly. In Yaba or in Ikeja or wherever. Or we'll say to uh, yeah. uh, Zone 4 hey, in Abuja. Those are the guys, right, ultimately. And you find that the ones that are even legitimate amongst them are like behind the speculation to, to a large extent, right? So what they do is, I mean, then when CBN was still, and which is, I mean, we'll talk about that. It's one of my biggest worry with them going back to the status quo to say, okay, you know what, we want to start giving money to BDCs again. Um, because without fixing the underlying problem, um, I don't think they should do that. It, it would cost more, more harm than good, right? So people would basically get like 10, 15 BDC licenses, right? One person and basically get $20,000 allocation weekly for each license, right? So one person can potentially get $200,000 um, per week, right? And then sell with the 100 Naira margin, right? On top of it, right? And then because some of them do have this money, they can finish selling the 200 or not even sell the 200 and say ah, money has finished. Dollar is now scarce. Nobody has dollars. So they want to increase the price. 
And there's really nothing you do because you go to the banks, right, that you want to pay your child's school fees and the bank asks you to wait on queues for like two, three weeks. So definitely if you're very desperate to send money to your child, and I'm giving that as an example because that's another sector that, I mean, a lot of people are not looking at, like schools, people traveling, right? A lot of people are jackpying out of Nigeria and looking for dollars every day for proof of funds and everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's like all of those challenges everywhere. So I feel like CBN's problem when it comes to crypto is not necessarily the speculation because speculation is actually happening from the market. That's why sometimes even on crypto platforms, people will typically wait for trade till like 9 a.m. in the morning or 10, which is when the black market or the parallel market would open to get a sense of mm -hmm. what the rate is at the black market and then use that to peg whatever they're selling on the exchanges, right? So I don't think it's so much of Binance speculation um, as it is of like um, street trading speculation or like um, black market speculations that has really driven mm -hmm. everything crazy. On March 14, 2024, TechPoint Africa will be hosting a workshop for business owners, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, startup founders, and legal and compliance team from any industry. And the focus is to learn the five biggest hiring and employment mistakes that can lead to litigation, penalties, and loss of funds. You also learn how to avoid these mistakes. Taking this workshop is Startup Atoni Omoriyi Edio Gawiri. He is the lead partner at ENC Legal. Registering for this workshop will help you learn how to catch loopholes that increase the chances of litigation, teach you how to assess your workforce to know whether it is legally compliant or not, help you spot early signs of an employee that will get you into a legal trouble and how to make proper documentations that will give you a defense during legal challenges. To register, go to www.stackpoint.africa forward slash workshop forward slash the employer and book. www.stackpoint.africa forward slash workshop forward slash the employer and book. We'll come back to the BDC, BDC conversation. And it's, it's like the CVN is just throwing some things at the wall, looking for what sticks, because we know the problem. The economy is, is a lot of trouble. And it's just like, let me do this, let me do that, let's try this, let's try that. Apart from what we, some of the things we will discuss later, which are like some proven... Um, let's say, measures that have been taken by different countries during times like this, but coming after crypto websites and all. There, there was even something that we heard yesterday about, we don't know whether CBN is behind or, or something, but we heard that something is going on with some Binance executives. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we heard yesterday that um, two Binance executives are currently detained, right, um, by the... Office of the country's national security advisor and their passports have been seized. Um, a personal source told me that they were detained because they want, they basically want um, Binance to take down its um, um, Naira to dollar pairing feature on the platform. And I think Binance has yielded because um, as of last night, there was no. You can't do peer-to-peer -peer 
um, trading again, right? I I wanted, I mean, thank God I did. I had to do one yesterday. I did it early in the morning, and you know went looked checked again last we'll night. <laughs> Let them try it first. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I mean, I don't see anywhere where peer to peer trading is legal, but uh, that's okay. let's say <laughs> I'm not a lawyer, but please do. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I thought you were not scared. No, okay. So, um, peer to peer wasn't working again, uh, no one was listing. Uh, USDT for sale. No one was listing USDT to buy, and it's just so surprising. And we've now seen that a lot of local crypto folks have also followed suit. Um, on board said they are stopping, you know, trade USDT USDC trade for now. Wow. Uh, Luno has done the same thing. So right now, you know, yes, the arrest has happened for a lot of platforms are basically on hold because you need those things to like like now you want to buy a particular cryptocurrency on quidax for example you are you need to buy usdt first and then convert right so i don't know it's it's the so crypto market is in a mess i, right think, I think before we move on from that story to mm. the next thing you are a player in that space as it's where please yeah, don't let them arrest where's <laughs> your license oh, no no hold it with your chest no, I'm not, not a like a player like a consumer like uh, a user of a those user, platforms yes yeah. a user of that platform mm. so if you as it's where now for somebody that's that's some people's like livelihood mm. they trade yes they do P2P as livelihood yes if you want to talk about alternatives what do they do at this point do, mm. they, do they just put their lives on hold oh what no. what 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 are the possibilities what what do they do uh, business must go on so what they would do is well Binance is no longer there what they now do is interact to people directly right okay. if you want to sell if you have USDT, you need to sell for naira maybe return your customers yes you have to reach out to that person directly. Um, there are Telegram groups where you can go on, you know, list ads and stuff like that. You know, I mean, Telegram is. Uh, I, I think I recently just found out that they have some like really interesting tools where a Telegram bot, Telegram platforms can almost serve like as a crypto exchange mm-hmm. on its own, mm-hmm. right? So they will use things like that. Um, in the meantime, but. The downside to this is those platforms actually help. They make things safer for you. So right now, the government is pushing um, Nigerians into a territory where they could get scammed. Because if I'm yeah. interacting with someone directly, where the Binance escrow feature is no longer there, mm-hmm. where the customer care that could be like a intermediary between the both of us is no longer there, mm-hmm. Person might say, Oh, send me your 250k, I'll send you the USDT equivalent. And yes, till tomorrow, no. I'm still waiting for him. There's nobody to hold responsible. There's nobody to hold responsible. So, so those are the issues. The waters are murky. Stay safe, continue your businesses, and hope everything gets back to normal. Yeah. Hopefully. So, we move from there to CBN's new guidelines for bureau the change operators in Nigeria. So, Malik, just give us like the dumbed-down version of what those guidelines are before we start talking about their implications. Yeah, um, absolutely. So uh, CBN is aiming to um, sort of revise the guideline for licensing and operations of BDCs in Nigeria. 
Right. Um, basically, it's aimed to sanitize the industry uh, to a large extent, right? Now mandating BDCs to be very well capitalized, probably using that to eliminate some um, street tradings, right? And I mean, the key points in the guideline is, um, the very key one is first the capital requirements, right? And then the tiering of BDCs. So now you have like two tiers of BDCs, tier one and tier two. Um, tier one can operate um, across um, Nigeria and um, the capital requirement for that is uh, essentially 2 billion, um, which is a lot compared to what it was before generally. I think it was just 35 million. So increasing it from 35 million to 2 billion is quite significant, right? And then there's the tier two one that can operate within a state with three branches and that's essentially 500 million. Um, even tier two is um, more than how many percent now? Right, um, the previous one, right, um, and it's 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 very very baffling for like a lot of um, people in the ecosystem, and the major the other major I highlight is the digitization of the BDCs. Now, you know, like I mentioned earlier, one of the problems is like CBN fees they don't have visibility into what is happening, like the trades and like everything. Um, so digitization, they believe, would help with that. Um, give a level of visibility into how trades are being executed by BDCs, right? So they can essentially track every cobble that they give out, just like with banks, right? When banks keep money in votes and like receive uh, take money from the CBN, they're essentially able to track how much is in the votes, um, do like physical audits and like do a whole lot of that. So it's a similar um, scrutiny that they're now extending to BDCs mandating them to connect to um, CBN's reporting platforms, um, mandating them to carry out KYC by connecting directly to um, various databases for uh, verification. So they're connecting to NIMC's database, connecting to FRS for taxes as well. Um, and I mean, we feel that those changes would really, really help um, sanitize and probably create opportunities for some fintechs um, as well. Now, another bit is uh, the card issuing one, which is like quite uh, interesting, right? Um, so just like the way banks would do uh, with uh, BTAs and PTAs when they don't want to give you cash. I think GT Bank is notorious for that. If you mm -hmm. go there asking for like um, BTA or PTA, they would usually um, put the money in a card and then give you that card for your travel. Um, again, back to the mm -hmm. whole essence of like being able to track and have visibility. They've also reduced the amounts that you can actually get from a BDC um, to $500, uh, right? Anything above $500 has to be in an account or in a card, right? So for foreigners, if you're coming to Nigeria, mm -hmm. you have a local bank account, you'll be issued a card. You can use that Naira card to do your transactions locally. And whatever is left in the card, you can convert back to USD when you're traveling. I mean, it's expected as a foreigner, you're not even bringing anything more than $10,000 into the country in cash. So, um, but if you bring $10,000 and you have put to want to change $10,000, um, that has to be reported. Source of funds has to be reported as well um, to cater to issues around um, money laundering. Another very um, interesting part um, about like the, the new regime is the fact that like they've now halted um, shareholders from holding more than one license. You know, like um, it used to be in the past where you apply for multiple licenses um, so that you can get like more allocation, right? Um, mm -hmm. That no longer be possible. But um, it's also 
begs to, I mean, like one question that rings in my head is whether CBN, I mean, now they've allowed um, BDC to have access to uh, their weekly $20,000 now, right? But I can't imagine um, having capital of about $2 million um, thereabouts, or let's just say like $2 billion era. And then you will be giving me $20,000 to do business every week. I mean, when am I going to be able to like um, make, your I mean, yeah, find, yeah, find that like a $2 billion is not like going to be locked up somewhere. Of course, it's going to be locked for the duration of like the application, but it's going to be given to you to carry on your business um, subsequently. But I mean, what can like 20000 like why would I want to lock up $2 billion applying for a license for about six months? thereabout and then when the thing comes out i cannot do more than like 10 20000 i mean so i'm mm. i'm hoping that that limit would get increased um probably by the time um the the draft law gets issued finally but that's like one area that um would would definitely require um some clarification then of course like banks and other financial institutions telcos um a couple of existing institutions that might be able to commingle funds are no longer allowed to hold BDC licenses, which is also very helpful. Um, so what it means or what the implication of this is that if you are a PSSP, you know, and you want to start like doing like um, international trade or fintech, you want to start doing like uh, um, exchange, um, that may not work for you, right? It has to be like by a totally different entity. And that's like one um, big uh, elephant in the room for a lot of the fintechs, but it's like, other ways they can, of course, play, right? Now there's like other opportunities that law has also opened, which we might discuss um, subsequently, right? And then of course, um, there's a limit to what they can sell now, right? So uh, PTA is now like uh, to individuals is 4,000, right? And then to businesses like 5,000 within any six month period. So as an individual, you're only entitled to 4,000 within six months, right? Which is another limitation, but yeah. Yes, uh, th thank you for for that elaborate explanation and at different times you've mentioned fintechs and uh, me um i said chief Goswin did an article um from based on the guidelines is we are projecting that many of these businesses would have no choice but to go digital because of the different connections you have to they have to bring on if they are going to survive with these new guidelines so just give us a rundown of what or that would mean. Okay. So first, we have about 6,000 BDCs in the country. And the CBN is saying, if you're going to do business with us, you have to hook up to certain systems. So NIBS, for example, I'm guessing that's to track every transaction that uh, happens. Um, they would also have to hook up to FIRS, probably for reporting revenue. I don't know if that would hook up. Yes. I was going to report. But Go on. I mean, work. sorry, yes, anything. In. Yeah, they have to plug into <laughs> FIRS. They have to plug into, um, uh, I think there's one more I can't remember. But they have to uh, plug into at least three different digital systems. I think, yeah, I think um, and the NIN verification portal. True. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that will happen through CBN. I'm not, I'm not very sure. But they have to do all of that. And for people whose the bulk of their operations are manual, that's a lot to ask for right now. Um, first of all, you need to hire people to do this. Mm -hmm. So um, 
well, yes, you need to hire people to do this. That's extra money for them. Yeah. Already there's the challenge of the new capital requirements, which is uh, more than... The new capital requirements is about 20 times what it used to be. It went from 35 million to, 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 to 2 billion. billion. So that's <laughs> like a 20, more than 20x increase, if my math is correct. So first they have to battle that, and then they now have to figure out how to hire and technical pay the right talent. technical talent. So that's the first problem. And now that I think about it, I just wonder how bad these operations would get over the next couple of months um, once that guideline is, is passed. Um, yes, the CBN says they are currently in, uh, like, it's just a guideline. The idea is that they release it, they get feedback from the public, and then they make oh, amendments okay. where necessary. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the I mean, stakeholders are also saying, okay, we are going to look at it. First of all, they are complaining about the capital requirements, which is kind of necessary, mm-hmm. uh, or not, which is expected. So they are complaining about that. But they are also saying, okay, We've heard you. We are going to do some meetings. I don't know if they've had their meetings, but they were supposed to have um, zonal meetings this week or so, and then they would report their findings. But yeah, those are some of the problems they are going to face. Um, having to digitize their operations, on one hand, is good. Um, on the other hand, it becomes really problematic. So why do I think it's good? You guys, uh, your CBN has been pushing for a... Uh, sorry, I keep on disavowing Nigeria, but... <laughs> yes, your CB has been pushing for digitization of our financial services for a very long time. This is one more way to do that because if you if you go around certain parts of the country, you'll be besieged by these humans who are asking you to come um, <laughs> trade <laughs> dollar. Ah, That's you. one. So there's more visibility. Okay. Probably the CBN can now know if BDCs are their problem or not. Um, well, they sprint. Exactly. It's a, <laughs> no, this is now more than a sprint. But yeah, for all uh, for any avoidance of doubt, they would know whether their problem is BDCs or, or not. Um, it's also why do I now think it's going to be a problem? First is if you've never done anything in technology in your life, there's like an adaptation period. Yeah. And um, right now the rules are still very sketchy about the people who are not BDCs who can apply for this license. So first of all, banks. Um, cannot both commercial banks and um, non-interest deposit banks can't get into this business. Mm-hmm. So banks are ruled out. Can fintechs do that? It's unclear. I've seen some people saying um, fintechs should get should. in, but the the guidelines don't even make that very clear. Because one, most fintechs are not commercial. In fact, I don't know any fintech that is a commercial bank. Uh, Malik, you can you can correct me if I'm missing anybody. Um, there's almost no one, even Kuda. Kuda is probably a microfinance bank, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So there's almost no fintech that is a clear commercial bank as one problem. So which fintech takes advantage of that? Now, you're supposed to issue issue cards in conjunction with commercial banks. If you're not a commercial bank, you cannot do that. So is there really a space for um, fintechs to play right now? I think that's the question that um, we should ask Malik, is there really any um, opportunity for fintechs right now? Um, yes, there are um, a couple actually. So okay. um, number one, if you look at the um, integrations that they're asking the BDCs to do, right? I mean, whilst the law is like integrated to this, it didn't say you must integrate directly, right? And there's like fintech that are built as part of their solution, verification solutions, that they've integrated with NI uh, with NIBS, 
right, for BVM verification. They've integrated with NIMC for um, ID verification. Um, they've also integrated like several solutions. For example, even StartButton um, has integrations with FRS, right, for example, for like tax computation, right? So um, a fintech like StartButton, for example, to start with, will definitely be able to, BDCs will definitely be able to leverage our APIs um, for like tax verification and um, computation, right? Which would be very, very helpful for their business. So that's like one opportunity, one clear opportunity, um, right? On the okay. PSSP side, right? Um, now that the law is saying that all transactions should happen electronically, it's good for them because now they can power transfers, right? Into like um, transfers to load the cards, transfers to un unload the cards, um, uh, mobile money operators, Maybe able to provide wallet services back in those cards, right? Um, ultimately, right, and then on the card issuance bit as well, right? The law is that only um deposit taking financial institutions will be able to issue cards. However, um, I mean, pretty much anybody can leverage their solutions to brand the card, right, and build technology on top of like um existing card solutions. Right. And mm -hmm. um, in the industry, there's something we call bin sponsorship. Right. So you can work with a bank to get a bin sponsorship um, um, relationship in place. Right. To be able to issue cards even without being a bank. Right. The only thing is that like the card brand has to be there and the bank has to be there as the sponsor. Right. Ultimately. So that can actually happen. And we have a number of fintech currently doing that today. Right. Um, I mean, with card issuing solutions. And definitely those fintechs will be able to, of course, like benefit from um, um, this new regime. So on, on that side as well, you see like fintechs um, also, also playing, right? Um, the only bit that I'm not sure of now is the uh, cross-border um, leg of it, right? Um, so I, I came thinking about if I'm a foreigner, I come into Nigeria, I didn't come with cash, but I want to bring in money um, to Nigeria and then exchange with a BDC. Um, does it mean I have to do that only through IMTOs and I cannot just bring the money in USD, right? And then um, exchange with a BDC, get a card and use and go. Um, it's it's left for us to see how that would play out. But I think FinTechs might be able to play um, in that area as well. Um, but I'm not particularly sure how that would work just yet. But that's like another um, very important um area that I see fintechs playing. So like it's, um, the opportunities are there, um, to be honest. And then there's still the opportunity of actually just building the whole thing and serving as a technical partner for the BDC. So we have some fintechs that, um, they are fintechs, but they are more of like um, software providers ultimately. Yeah. So it's like core banking apps, right? Um, for, for MFBs and banks, right? And they built probably like, um, um, apps to to manage financial services, right? They've built fintech as a service, right? Which I mean, they can just like uh, these BTCs can plug and play ultimately, right? Mm -hmm. So like multi multi layers is like Anchor doing like awesome stuff in in the bus um space as well um as like fintech as a service space. There's Block, um, there's like a number of solutions already that um the BTCs can just like plug plug into. Um, and get started, um, to be fair. So let's see how this plays out, right? It's just left for people to to see the opportunities, but yes, the opportunities are actually there, right? Um, there's, there will be a lot of partnerships as well, 
right? So you bring license, I'll bring technology, and let's work together. That would also happen. Nice. So yeah. Yeah. So so thank 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 you for that, Malik. So it's not all gloom. So I think while these conversations are still going on with CBN, I think this would be a good time for the well established BDC operators to start having conversations with fintech, right? So we understand that more BDC operators will collude to get the license because of how expensive it is. So when they come together, they should be having the conversations already about these people that already have the uh, understanding okay. and the infrastructure to help them instead of trying to start from the scratch, you know, especially you, you with coming to... actually make the move since there's a whole lot for them to gain here. Mm. So, I mean, if you think that you should probably be doing the, making any move right now. So, yeah, so while the conversation is still going on with the bank, the um, CBN. with CBN, this fintech should also be having conversations about these partnerships already, doing approaching each other. And I think, yes, as, as Malik mentioned, there are opportunities here and it is left to the ecosystem to tap into it. Um, and finally, let, let, let's just move on. To well, I, have a, I have a question again, right? So now okay. with Markdown... I know that we answer it, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just like a general question. But with... Okay. My problem is now that, like, the pricing is also determined, Right. So you as BDC, when you get your allocation, you can only mark up or mark down with 1% and nothing more, right? Um, whilst mm -hmm. 1% looks like a lot, um, ultimately, that's if you're doing like a lot of transactions. By the time it, shared. Yeah, by the time it's split between like all of these things, like AWS costs <laughs> and <laughs> a number of things, man, I, I feel like, yeah, it would be, it would be a very hard sell, but let's see how it works ultimately but i yes. just thought i think we should probably we should share that with the bdc guys so that they would they would consider that in their negotiations with the cbn i think i think they should yes because eventually you have to look at the cost too because if they say they want to start building their infrastructure from scratch yeah that's the, extra cost extra cost then, on the bdc's yeah. say um fintech wants to tap into this new regime too they might want to have to if, if, even if they can't get the license, they will look for a way to do merge, uh, merging or acquisition or anything. So I think it's just to look at the cost. I'm not in this space, but this is these are the things that should come up during the conversations. Yeah. And um, I, I'm hoping like this. This sounds like like good news. Like there will be a time where this these foot soldiers will come together with the online keyboard warriors <laughs> and online warriors and. I, I didn't see that coming, but I, yeah, I hope they don't fight. That time, <laughs> that they <will> fight. <laughs> no, 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 that's yeah. not you. They will not fight. CBA but eventually, <laughs> okay. Um, so maybe in another three months. Well, with the speed with which CBN implement is, I said is to do crackdown. They don't usually put, you know. <laughs> I mean, these ones are also moving fast. They they plan to have a meeting this week. Okay. So if the meeting is done, guessing is now a meeting with the CBN. So, yeah, if, if it probably shouldn't take a lot of time. Okay, in a few months. So, yes. Um, still on the CBN. Still on the CBN. It's all CBN today because everybody's talking about the economy. I will have to pay us for doing PR work for you. CBN. Kadosu. Yeah. She pay you pay for us. PR. He doesn't need you for PR, actually. The comments he made on Tuesday are enough PR. So, huh. then he, th there, was, um, there was something that stood out um, during the conversation or um, that Olayami Kadoso had on Tuesday. 
at the NPC meeting. And um, the one that actually probably shook fintechs too and everybody was increasing the monetary policy rate, NPR. Now, because you are going to help us understand how it consigned me, the NPR, okay. and um, wh- how, how does this flow? When does it get to me as the final consumer? When does it get to the fintech? How does it affect the banks? So just help us to understand that. Okay, first one, <laughs> how soon will it get to you? Just give it like two weeks to go touch you. Um, but maybe we'll start with a definition of NPR for some of some people. Basically, it's a, it's like a, I call it a policy tool that CBN or central banks can use to determine interest rates in a country. So you increase it, it means that interest rates are going up. Um, banks would now, banks and any lender has to now operate with certain parameters. Um, Bank, yeah, banks and um, lenders now have to operate within um, certain parameters. Usually, nobody is going to be lending to you below the um, the rate set by the CBN. Or yeah, nobody is going to be doing that. Um, but how does it now concern you? It's so you may not know, but it will still affect you. It affects the businesses that you that you patronize, and then those as a result, it affects you. So let's start with the ones that are closest to us, um, fintechs. So first is that the digital lenders now have to up their interest rates. So first of all, it's going to be more expensive for you to borrow money from a from any lender. Um, if you want to borrow money, you may the have likes of fair money, fair money carbon, OP, yes, pampy. It's and going to get money point also as a lending service. I don't for think they're doing that for businesses. Yeah, and I'm not even sure they are emphasizing it a lot right now. But yeah, it's, it's going to get more expensive. Um, I don't know if you've if you wanted to get a loan. I don't know if it's too late. Or you might have got you should have gotten a loan yesterday. But it's going to get harder. It's going to get more expensive for businesses, individuals to get loans. Um, it's also going to get more expensive for the bank. Sorry, for the lenders themselves mm-hmm. to get those uh, to get the money that they are lending to you. So the reason is most of them are not lending with their money. So a bank has the luxury of lending with deposits. Most digital lenders have to borrow from banks and then unlend to their cost, uh, to their customers. So now, I am not as a bank. I'm not going to give you money at a loss simply because you want to do business. So I'm going to give you money at increased rates, and then that means you now have to pass that cost on to your customers. Customer, yeah. mm-hmm. So it if it's not trickles down in so many ways. One is that less people are probably going to, or fewer people are going to borrow money. From anybody, in fact, your banks are most likely not going to give you money. That's that's what a lot of people are expecting. Sorry, sorry to cut you short. At, at some point in Nigeria, the government was trying to force banks to give loans. Yes. Okay. So maybe I should have pointed out that um, the increasing interest rates is like a move that central banks use to stem inflation, yeah. to basically to reduce the supply of money, money. in an economy. Yeah. But it's is wait though is yeah, there yeah. money so in this economy that's now yes that's a good question um, <laughs> i believe i believe there's a there's someone that should be answering that question but <laughs> the idea of increasing the interest rate is to stem the flow of money reduce it and then basically kind of i mean right now we, we can say there's no money yes um, but that's actually the it's idea. tricky 
okay, yes, it's tricky, <laughs> it's but really tricky, there isn't yeah. money because people one of the biggest drivers for inflation is food inflation. And mm. that is because we have rising insecurity. And I, I think um Cardozo mentioned it during the uh MPC meeting that one of the major drivers of inflation right now is insecurity in certain parts of um the country where food is produced. If you don't cop that, you can't really say that, and that's also something to point out that if you if you don't cop food inflation, the general inflation you're experiencing is is not going to come down. Um, but moving on to fintech, something that's going to happen is, on 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 one hand, your the revenues of our lenders could, could go up. Their revenues, yeah. yeah. But, but no, I think it's maybe it we cancel out because yeah. I'm so the thing is, small people I can okay. So let's I have. 10,000 users. So uh, I want to clear something before you go on. So this this NPR that was increased by 4% to 22.75% yeah. is how is is the is the rate at which CBN is giving banks. So when banks want to give our lenders yeah. there will be something on it also. Of course. So that means it's not the tw- it's not meeting us the end users at 22.75% yeah. is like it's going to increase yeah. like that. So go on. Yes. So, um, where was I again? Okay, yeah, I'll say, now let's say I have 10,000 users mm-hmm. and like 10,000 active users. And out of the 10,000, let's say 3,000 say they're no longer lend, they're no longer borrowing money. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm left with 7,000. 7, now, I can actually make money with less people. So, make more money with less people. It's very possible because I'm increasing my interest rate. So and those these people, people have good yeah. credit score. That's well, that, I, I'm still coming to that. But uh, with a smaller group of people, I can actually make more money by increasing my rates. Mm. The problem now becomes, can the people I'm lending to, or will they, will they repay, which is where NPLs are probably going to come. Because um, default rate is yeah. high already. Yes, we can expect that a lot of digital lenders are going to see really serious um default rates because sometimes yes you can say that nigerians uh, don't like repaying loans but in some cases it's it's also a case of i take a loan something unexpected happens the next month and i'm unable to repay like losing job uh, yeah i lose a job or i don't know maybe lose a loved one and i have to use the money for something else Mm -hmm. and i'm now unable to repay so i think we are going to see npls go high um, whether they will tell us and non-performing, non-performing loans, loans. Yeah. so basically the uh, the loans that uh, what do you call it the loans that the financial sorry their customers are unable to pay um, whether you pay it I think uh, this guy Chichoke Dozi mentioned it last week whether you pay the loan back in three months or in four months it's it's the they are going to take some they, they will take a hit mm. um, so yes that's one problem we are going to see whether the lenders decide to tell us that they have collected hand or not a different case. But something that could also happen is that if you use um, certain savings app, who I will not mention, you you could get you could get higher interest rates on your savings. There's a possibility that that happens. Mm, um, because it's so, the money you save that they're using to they're lending other people too. So yeah. mm. so you may get higher interest rates in the next few weeks. Um, like I mentioned you are going to, uh, I mean, if, if a business, you probably should have gotten messages from your bank already telling you about the NPR and how it will affect your, affect your loan. 
for customers, it may take a while, especially if you're if you below 5k, it's probably going to take a while. But yes, um, that those are some of the ways that we can expect it to affect fintechs and their customers. So there was one thing that you touched. I think Malik should be able to speak to this about <clears throat> if you're saving with these banks mm. or with these fintechs. Yeah. Um, NPR was not the only thing that was increased. Cost, uh, cash reserve ratio was also increased to 45%. Mm. I don't know if that will have an implication on how much the banks will have access, can have access to, even if they want to give out loans. Yeah, so I was going to mention that after uh, Chigozuri, which is like, another problem is like, would I would I want to fix more money now that I know that people are no longer borrowing, right? Yeah. Because like the essence of in increasing NPR is like to discourage um, money like in circulation and reduce purchasing power, right? Um, to a large extent. Right. So when that is done, it means like people would not have the incentive to borrow more money. Right. And if people are not borrowing more money, then like I as an investor, I mean, like I won't be able to make like as, as much returns. Right. Um, but I feel like if people because there's no money either ways. Um, so I don't I think people will still borrow money regardless. But that's yeah. some situation on my on my side. Right? Returning that we can't tell. Exactly. So yeah, of course, like repayments, there will be a lot of defaults, right? Mm -hmm. Um, which we are not able to 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 speak to. But in terms of like the reserves, um, I feel that would it affect fintechs? I I don't I don't I'm not sure why because it is not all fintechs that are directly regulated by the CBN. Like I mean, except you're talking about like maybe microfinance banks or those ones who have like microfinance bank license. Yes. But those, it would affect them to a large extent because then they, then they will still have loan-to-deposit um, um, ratio that they need to keep regardless. So they're like mandated to borrow money regardless. And they have a ratio of um, loan-to-deposit, like, which is um, the amount of depositors' funds that you can actually lend on a good day. So those ones would be impacted. But a lot of the other folks that are using cooperative license and all of those things, I mean... Um, I don't think it would impact them as much, right? So that's like my my take on this. Yeah. So it's like we are moving into a period where well, it's not new having a lot of regulate regulatory um, measures put in place, and um, it's like it's becoming more aggressive. I'm I'm, I'm thinking of the survival rate of of um, fintechs because. One of the um, one of the predictions that Adeli Jolowe made at the beginning of the year was more fintechs closing shops. Is this one of the things that will kill them? Apart from the money, apart from the venture VC market, is this one of the things that will kill fintechs? So, Cardozo said we are moving into an aggressive regulatory environment. Okay, and he's been he's been saying that since last year. Not with those words, but he's been hinting that regulation is going to get more it strict. It was actually stern. Yeah, yeah. This, like, Tuesday, since last year, like... I mean, last last year the converse, it was payment uh, payment fintechs that they were talking about, or he was talking about um, who were probably carrying out activities outside the license that they were issued. Mm -hmm. And there was uh, there was a, I think there was a, a a period where there was a circular that was put out. And even the people who were supposed to be the recipients of the secular were confused 
as to whether it affected them or not. Or not and like everybody it. was rushing to issue statements to customers saying no concern also so just uh, just you. So will it kill I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, I'm not the right. So I don't know. Um yes, regulations can kill fintechs, but um Except your crypto, yeah. If if regulations kill you in under Cardozo, I don't know what we should say about you. Maybe it's more than not meant to more survive of, in the first place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you probably shouldn't be playing in this space if Cardozo's regulation kills you. Because what he's trying to do is to like restrict what you can do and confine you to the original license you got. So if his regulations kill you, I don't know what that says about you. <laughs> Um, the way you are saying it. Mm. No, like, yeah, I mean, so regulations are supposed to. Sorry, Malik, you want to you want to say something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just wanted to to add to what you said, right? So, the the thing is this, right? Um, you know, I mean, fintech has evolved over the years, right? When it's all the whole thing started, right? Everybody was shouting disruption, disruption, right? And that was the theme of everything. So, which means now regulation people... one disrupted. <laughs> Maybe it's the other way around now. Yeah. But the thing is like <laughs> a, a lot of people built based off being able to provide what existing financial institutions could not provide or could not do. Now, what a lot of people did not also understand is that those financial institutions could not do it because the law does not permit. Right? So mm-hmm. when they start, they start with the ideology of ah, why is the bank not doing this? Right? Why is this one not this? Ah, we can do this. We build this. We connected this to this, and it's working, right? And then you keep mm-hmm. building it. For example, outbound remittances, right? Um, if you look at the trajectory, like the way things have been for some years now, right? Let's even forget about the new INTO guideline from like last last month or so. Yeah, January, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't think CBN has issued an outbound license in a long time. Right, so a lot of IMTOs have not been able to do mm. outbound. Right now, as a fintech, you come out and say, "My own business is doing outbound license, um, outbound remittance for people in Nigeria." What even the banks cannot do? Then your investors or everybody asks you, "Oh, what licenses would you need to get?" You say IMTO. Right, it makes sense because if you look at the law, okay. you are allowed to inbound and outbound. Then, but the practicality of it. Spain has already issued circular that, okay, for now, no outbound, right? But it's not in the law. You don't have, you're not privy to it. A lot of people don't consult. They don't ask questions. They don't, they just start, right? Then you start, you start doing outbound. Then you find out that when you apply for your license, you raise money, you now apply for license, then you're stuck because they will issue you an inbound license. Then you now come back and say, ah, regulation has killed me. The question to you... <laughs> Would be, did you look at the regulation? Why you not Exactly. The same thing happened with like, I mean, the ride hailing, uh, the, the bike hailing businesses at some point. The law has always been there. The law has always been there before like they started the whole thing. And some of them knew, but they felt like they'll be able to reform the law. So that also happens a whole lot, right? And that's why you find that a lot of people relying on outbound were doing crypto. So use crypto to like move the money, move the money back and forth. Right, but now <laughs> that they are cracking down on crypto, it will become a problem. So 
if you're going to look at it right um very clearly whilst regulation is trying to just balance interests that's like if you look at regulation it's just balancing interest but the interest ultimately may not be in your favor that is the only problem mm. but like the law always constantly balances the interest between the public the 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 public and like the business and the customers uh, basically that the is yeah. and the people using it yeah and the people and the citizens exactly so if you look at it from that perspective if they make a law they need to favor the majority which is the people of course it will not favor some businesses yeah. but, right and of yeah. course some businesses will die in the process so it is not like regulation will directly kill those businesses but those businesses either have to evolve or maybe shut down sadly die so like, can I mean, that's like tech, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, no, why so they can, they can pivot to tech. exactly? They can pivot to something else. I mean, yeah, we had people that pivoted to like very, um, not even like verticals now, where you say, okay, you pivot from like yeah. one type of they, like, they pivoted sell... to selling food, right? So, yeah. <laughs> So we've we've had that, and I mean it's it's not also a bad thing, right? Provided you keep the business going, um, you keep the lifeline running, yeah. right? I think it's it's fine. Yeah. It's, so it's, 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 it's interesting it. times in this in the startup ecosystem, and um, we're hoping all this would push. Sorry, I, I, have, a, I have a very to... funny question to ask on on this, right? Um, okay. Personally, January I was very excited. Um, I was excited because of the VASP regulation, right? When yeah. CBN said, oh, you know what, banks, right? You might be able to deal with VASP services under these terms. I was excited because I feel like mm -hmm. if you structure it properly, get a VASP license, even though you are not doing crypto, because people need to understand the difference, right? Crypto is different from, from virtual assets. A virtual asset is a general name. So crypto is just one of them. Mm -hmm. so, Right. But, but mm. like with that, it was like a signal that a lot of people banked on, including investors. And I'm wondering what the state will be right now, because like a lot, the moment CBN issued that guideline, everybody that has hung their boots went back to dust it. To start business. <laughs> and then this happens. Right. I think it would really? be good, like, <laughs> yeah. good to check like what the impact of some of these things are, I mean, like, is it that SEC will now halt issuing licenses as well? Like, what exactly is going to happen from here? I, like, yeah, I, I would really like to hear people's thoughts on that too. Okay. I mean, <laughs> that's, this is a clear case of you asked me where I go. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I don't know really. Um, like you mentioned, a lot of people are banking on a specific set of regulations and now they, they can't really bank on that anymore. Um, for investors, they are probably going to be, they're probably going to be the ones that suffer the most. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but Nigerian startups are suffering a lot. They're not raising as much as they used to. This this month alone, I've been I've been trying to count, and I can't count a lot. So people are probably going to be less likely to invest in startups. Um, for those who maybe got into this space with intention of taking advantage of some of the previous changes, and now maybe some things are being worked back. Again, they may, they may just have to go to a less regulated industry or a less volatile regulatory environment. Um, but really, it's, it's, I guess it's still, it's still difficult. But yeah, 
good question. We should probably go ask people on the streets who are directly affected how it has influenced their planning for 2024. So uh, apart from that, to business, Nigerian businesses find their way to adapt. You get. You don't well, have a choice now. Yes, so they find a way to adapt. Yes, they count their losses and they just move on from there. Yeah. So, but, but yes, it will be something we should try to do to get the stories of how they were able to survive through that period. And as I said, mentioned the other times, like sprint, like they just show this to them. Let's give it one month and then we move on be, to other. I'm running business model as sprints now. Yeah. It, well, how many sprints you want to run? When your regulator is doing it, what do you want to do? You get just this year alone. You know how many sprints we've, we've run. Yeah. Uh-huh. So let's hope that um, CBN finds one of all these things they are doing that actually works, yeah. and probably be held accountable for them for for all these things that they are doing. Accountable. Accountable. <laughs> 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 Wishful thinking yeah. on my head. <laughs> Apologies for that. <laughs> but yes, um, thank you guys. Thank you, Malik, for um contributing to these conversations. Um, Bolu and Shimgozim, thank you for how uh, are you been able to contribute to it. And uh, if you're listening to this conversation and you have something to add, you can always uh tweet at us if you're if you're watch if you listened to an except on Twitter, you can tweet at us. But if you want to send like a comprehensive contribution, just send it to podcast at techpoint.africa. Podcast at techpoint.africa. We would like to hear what you think about these conversations as it con- concerns the Nigerian economy. We can also go to to the TechPoint Africa website to read more of the stories that made the news this week. We can't discuss everything on the TechPoint Africa podcast, but you can go there and catch up with all the news for the week. Don't also forget that we have our uh, newsletters that are active, TechPoint Digest, which is a roundup of news of news in the African tech space for each day, every week, every work weekday. We send TechPoint Digest out. Also, there is Modern Workplace newsletter, which goes out every Mondays and Wednesday that talks about the labor and the work and HR industry. We also have Equity Merchant <coughs> that focuses on startups and investment. So do well to subscribe to this newsletter, especially if it's in the space or in the industry you are you are playing in. Um, if you are... If, if you're listening to us and you want to tell other people to listen to TechPoint Africa podcasts, I mean audio, um, Bolu, can you tell them where they can be referred to? Okay, to get the full version of this podcast, uh, you can find us on our audio podcast platforms uh, such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Hyatt Radio, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Yes, just search for TechPoint Africa Podcast and you'll find us on all these platforms. Thanks for joining us every week. And that will be all from us for now. Bye. Thank you, Malik, for joining. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.